Hello, welcome back to episode 47 of Two Pals on a Pod. Uh, this week I have some very sad news for you. Toby isn't joining us uh, this week. Um, he has been suspended from the podcast uh, as a result of uh, last week's inappropriate dress wear for the occasion. Um, so you will not be featuring in this week's episode because I felt that wearing a hoodie in a time of mourning was really quite unacceptable. Um, so I've banished him as a result of that um, for this week's podcast. If he's on good behaviour, then maybe he'll be back next week. Maybe he won't be. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but I just think it's highly inappropriate to turn up to such a downbeat, like really sort of serious situation in a hoodie. Uh, so I think, you know, he's got to learn his lesson and I'm going to teach him a lesson by taking this decision. And, you know, some of you won't agree with it. Some of you won't like it. Some of you will be a bit like, ooh, Eddie, coming down a bit harder than there. I don't think I'm coming down hard enough, to be honest. I don't think I've gone far enough. If I don't, you know, if I don't push the boundaries any further than this, then just know that I've gone easy on him. So he, I mean, he's also down in London seeing friends, but it's mainly the fact that his dress wear last week was highly inappropriate, and I was very offended by that. And he's lucky that I didn't punish him further, decapitation, etc. because, no, I'm, I'm being deadly serious with you right now. A thousand years ago, if they'd not dressed appropriately for a podcast, they would have been decapitated thousands of years ago. So, you know, he's lucky that I've really re reined it in. And maybe that's as a result of my travels recently, because that's that's what I want to talk about, is uh, I've been travelling. Oh, God, I've been travelling this week. What am I like going travelling and all that? Oh, just exploring the world and France, you know, go all the way to France. Um, yeah, I travelled big time, travelled far and wide now. I'm sort of like an expert at it, despite being away from home for about 36 hours. I'm like really sort of expert now. It's weird, on, on a serious note, I was only away for two nights, but it felt like about five, I reckon. Something like five days, it felt like. Even though it's two, it was, it was barely two days I was away for. Um, it's weird though, because when you pack so much into a day like that, it does, it stretches it out. It elongates it and the traveling, you know, three flights and three days you know it's the rock star life that i'm living really and that's that's just what i do now do you know I mean? i'm jetting around getting the lowest cost flight possible via dublin back to leeds bradford all the way from paris so that's that's what happens when you're a podcast star when you're a youtuber you know when you are sort of living that sort of outlandish lifestyle you are going you know ryanair via dublin you know i mean that's that's how you do it to get the lowest cost, uh, about about fiver for a flight from Dublin. Do you know what I mean? So why not go via there to get back to Leeds Bradford? Um, and look, there's lots of things that have annoyed me on my trip, I'm going to be honest. I mean, at the time that this goes out, I think the main channel video will have gone out by this point. Um, so go watch that if, if you know you are into travelling, as I am now, because I'm an expert traveller. Um, but some things have annoyed me. I've, I've realised that kids on planes should not be a thing. And I know this has been written about for years and it's been written about for millennia, kids on planes. We, we know it's, it's been on scrolls and it's been on tablets or whatever they had, the Egyptians and all that. It's been there for millennia. You should not have kids on planes. It should be an 18 plus environment. Okay, I'm not saying stripping, lap dancing. If you want to do that, maybe that's like an extra, an in-flight extra you can pay for, whatever, right? But it should be an 18 plus environment. There should not be any kids on planes, full stop. Chuck them in with the luggage. Ch put them in a cage and do whatever you do for like cats and dogs when you take them away. Chuck them in a cage, pop them in this sort of hold a little bit, the luggage part, 
okay just chuck them in there because they should not be in the same vicinity as other people okay and they're, they're children they won't remember being stuck in cages on the way to can do you know what i mean they won't they won't remember that so that's why i think you can do that with kids cage the kids pop them in with the luggage because they'll get over it they're six months old for god's sake what are they gonna do cry oh so what when they're 16 60 they're not gonna remember that their may their memories have not properly functioned okay a little bit traumatic for an hour whatever all right they'll get over it what about my trauma i am going to remember flying to france having babies crying screaming pushing the back of a chair i am going to remember these things they won't remember being trapped in a cage that's the difference lock them up okay lock them up let's have them off the plane 18 plus environment i want it to be just 18 and over but i'd also put an upper age limit on it because old people shouldn't be allowed to travel that they just they just shouldn't it's a fact okay they should not be allowed anywhere i'd say out of a 10 mile radius of home they should not be allowed honestly do not let old people out of 10 miles because they are just mental when you go past 60 you've just not got it up top there's something goes wrong i don't know what it is people call it aging i don't really know what that is to be honest i'm i'm timeless what can i say but old people just seem to have a thing where they can't go outside of their comfort zone as they get older there's like prime example old couple right there was an old couple in the airport we're in dublin at this point getting my final flight back home and they just called the last flight to berlin okay and it happened to be in the exact same gate that we were at to go to leeds bradford so they just called him one for berlin and so people started queuing up the flight was about 45 minutes late so everyone was there they queued up for another 45 minutes as well so like people were well on their way to getting on the flight at this point Do you know what i mean everyone was queuing up everyone was ready to get on the plane Anyway, everyone gets on the plane. So it's about an hour and a half that they've been stood around now. And they call last, you know, last passengers for the Berlin flight. Anybody? Last passengers. And nobody turns up. Two minutes later, last passengers for the flight. Anyone? Last passengers. And then they close the gate. Okay. Everyone's on board the plane. They've done the last two calls. They're already an hour and a half late. So everyone's on the plane, right? No, no. 20 minutes later. All right. Swear to God, 15, 20 minutes later. We'll, we'll, we'll tone it down. 15 minutes later, okay? Couple get up and go, um, sorry, we're, I think we're supposed to be on this Berlin flight. And, and they start, like, ha giving the documents out as if they're just going to hop on. And they're like, no, no, the gate's closed, guys. The gate, we made the last call 15 minutes ago. But no, they were like, no, but the plane's here. We can see it on the tarmac still. But no, the gate's closed. They got up, they, they didn't bother getting up in that hour and a half window that they'd had, where the plane's been late for an hour and a half. They didn't bother getting up for that, because they thought, because everyone else was sat down, waiting for another flight at the same gate, they just assumed that, oh, well, if everyone else is still sat down, we must be fine to sit down still. No, there's another, we're waiting for the other plane. We're waiting for the other plane after Berlin. But no, they just continued sitting down. For, I mean, I get that some people sit down until the queues die down a little bit. I get that. But not 15 minutes after the gate's closed. Just hop, get on the flight. Where, where they say, where, where they make the call for the last passengers and the gate's completely empty, the queue's empty. That's, that's your point to go, yeah, we're going to get in the queue now. We're going to hop on the plane. Not when the gate's closed. Not 15 minutes after. I appreciate the plane was still on the tarmac, but you had a lot of time. You had a lot of time to go... 
Oh yeah, the skew's dying down. We should probably hop on the plane. They've made the last call. But no, they didn't. And this is the thing that annoys me about old people. They just shouldn't be allowed. 10 mile radius, absolutely fine. Let them go to the shops, let them, let them eat, okay? That's fine. But do not allow them beyond that bound without a, they, they need to be accompanied by a younger adult, okay? It's like when, it's like a child. It's like it reverses the aging process really, doesn't it? As you get older, you become more childlike, it happens. They need to be accompanied by someone in the age range of, I'd say, I'd say 25 to 45, I'd say. That's, they need another adult in that age range. Enough experience, but enough youth to know what the hell's going on. So it's a great little sort of balance is that. And ideally, I just wouldn't have old people on flights full stop. They're up and down to the toilet. Oh, I've got a small bladder. I don't care, Julie. Sit down. It's an hour long flight. Wait. Okay, it's up and down, up and down. If you're in an aisle seat, you're screwed. Do you know what I mean? Have the old, if you are gonna have old people on planes, have them on the aisle seats so you can just hop on, hop in and out of the bathroom as many times as they want. Okay, fill your boots, fill them. It just annoys me. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, just I'm annoyed by old people. I'm annoyed by kids on planes. The, the whole thing doesn't make any sense. Why not have like a family-friendly flight or something? Well, you do just have all the screaming kids chucking stuff about, chicken chairs, going mental. You know, why don't you just have one of them? And then let's have an 18 plus flight with air hostesses that aren't wearing a lot, for example. Do you know what I mean? Like, why, why not? Why not do that? I'm just saying, I'm throwing out ideas into the ether. Take them or leave them. Do you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, I think it's a great idea. I think... You could probably monetize it, maybe up the prices by, you know, an extra five quid, ten quid. I'm fine paying that. I'm fine paying that for a little bit of extra. Do you know what I mean? That's fine by me. To keep the kids off the plane, I'm cool with that. So it just annoys me, is what I'm saying. Like, it really does just annoy me. This is my first time solo traveling. It's my first time getting on a plane in five years. You know, the last time I was 18, traveling with my parents, we went to Fuerteventura. Um, it was, you know, basically... Uh, quite a sandy sort of dusty island kind of thing off the coast of Africa, one of those sort of Canary Island things. And now I'm, you know, went solo traveling and it was a really good experience. Just a backpack. That's all I had on me, backpack. Not not checking in stuff. Can't be arsed with that. Get me straight to security. I love that. It's like being in a VIP lane. I felt like sort of Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. Do you know what I mean? I was straight to the security. Go past you losers. Ooh, straight there. And that's, you know, that's really, it's a great feeling because you just feel like the smartest person in the room because you're like, what, you losers, what, what are you doing here with a suitcase? Jesus, just wear the same pants and socks for three days like me, do you know what I mean? Like, get a grip, you loser. Uh, that's actually what I did, by the way. Um, slag me off if you want, but I don't, don't care. I wore the same pants and socks three days straight. What, what's it going to do? Is it going to disease me? Or, or actually, to be fair, I did have a, bit of flu on the way back. I'm, I'm not even fully recovered as I'm doing this podcast, to be fair. But I, I didn't get the disease from, you know, not washing pants and socks for three days. Do you know what I mean? Like, I got it from planes and, you know, being around people, whatever else I got up to, you know, didn't get up to anything. Wish I did. Didn't, unfortunately. But that, that's by the by. Probably from the planes, probably from, you know, the, the grogginess of, do you share air with people on planes? I've heard you do. I've also heard you don't. Let me know in the comments if you're a pilot. Perhaps you're not a pilot listening to this. You've got better things to do. But I did go travelling. Great experience. People talk about broadening the mind. I won't go that far. That's a bit extreme. That's a bit, do you know what I mean? Broadening the mind. What does that even mean? It's ridiculous. It's nonsense. Like, broadening the mind. What, it makes your brain bigger? 
Have I got some sort of tumour? A travel tumour? I don't know. Anyway, I'm saying I think travelling is a great way of just getting out there, meeting people. That's the part that I enjoyed, was, was the meeting a Canadian guy and having two pints in a Scottish pub. Like, I, we didn't mean to go to a Scottish pub. That was accidental. We just ended up in one. And I had two pints of them, ended up getting a little bit tipsy for some reason. I don't know if I've been spiked. Maybe it's dehydration. Maybe I've not eaten enough. Or maybe I'm a lightweight. But I think it's, I think it's more likely I've not eaten enough. I was dehydrated. It was a sunny day. Uh, unlike today, where the light changes uh, seem to be all the time. I can't be bothered putting the lights on. I can't be bothered. So you're getting natural light today if you're watching the podcast. Um, but yeah, I went, I went solo traveling, met a Canadian guy. Got a little bit tipsy one night. Then I also met the next night before I was due to leave, because I was only there two nights. I then decided, because I couldn't be bothered walking into Paris, even though I was in Paris, uh, I decided to get a Uber Eats. So, you know, went in Rome and all that. Uber Eats, got a pizza, as you do in Paris, and got a tiramisu, as you do in Paris. You, you know, it's the Paris way. It's the Paris lifestyle. You wouldn't understand it, okay? You've not been, all right? Uh, unlike me, I'm basically a Parisian at this point. Got a pizza, got a tiramisu, ordered it in, and just decided to sit in the shared kitchen. I was in a hostel. I was like, let's go sit in the shared kitchen. I'd not been in there. I didn't know what it was like in there. It was a little bit like a uni sort of digs kind of thing, to be fair. And the, do, do you know what? The hostel was actually quite nice. It was actually quite, yeah, it was bunk beds or whatever, but it was, it was quite nice. It had some hotel rooms as well, so it felt like a hotel, but it was cheaper prices for the hostel rooms. Uh, but went to the shared room and sort of the shared kitchen area, and uh, I met a, she was, I think she was German, a German girl, she was solo traveling by herself, and I was like, do you know what, respect to interrailing by herself, didn't ask how old she was, probably in the 18 to 20 sort of range, and I was like, do you know what, fair play to you, she's in the kitchen, she's cooking like rice and vegetables or whatever, and I was like, that is fair play to you, and it's those little interactions, it's those little moments where you meet somebody, and you chat, you know, oh, do you speak English? She did, thank God, because I don't speak any German. So that was helpful. And uh, she spoke decent English. We had a little chat. And it's those little connections about, oh, where you going? What are you up to? It's, it's very freeing. It's very like, I didn't check. I maybe did check social media a few times. I, you know, I was promoting the podcast, for example. But I didn't, I wasn't aware of what was happening in the outside world. Thankfully, because nothing's happening of interest. Um, and you're just sort of in the moment. You've got things to do. You've got an itinerary in your mind of like, right, going to Notre Dame, going to the Louvre, going to the Eiffel Tower. I've got to film this. Got to be there this time. Let's get this bus. Let's go to this restaurant, this cafe. Let's have a chat with this person. We're having breakfast at this time, up at this time. You're so focused on what's happening because there's so much to do in a short space of time that you don't care what's happening in the, in the outside world. You're in your little travel bubble. And it's quite nice when you're in a... A Paris city because it is a travel city there are lots of international people there so it's not as if you're the only one traveling about it's sort of like everyone's traveling about it's like 50 50 sort of 50 people locals getting annoyed at you and the 50 other 50 percent of other people don't speak French and are just as completely uh, you know uh, amused by the idea of an Eiffel Tower or you know by the Louvre and all these kind of things so it is quite a nice environment. It's a great way of meeting people. I sat down at a pizza, tiramisu, tucked in there with, you know, a knife and fork from the, uh, the shared kitchen. Had to wash it up afterwards, which is, you know, I'll, I'll do that. Do you know what I mean? I'll take one with the team. Sat down there and an American Chinese woman starts talking to me. Fantastic. Brilliant. Another, another person talked to her. Brilliant. And then you get more people coming in and next minute 
Next minute, I'm being asked for advice, as if I know Paris. I've been there a day. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know Paris. I mean, it's my first day. Next minute, they're asking you for, you know, what time should I go to the Eiffel Tower? Uh, what tickets should I buy? What website do you go on? All this sort of thing. And I'm like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean, I don't know. I barely know more than you. I'm, I'm a fool. This is my first time traveling abroad. I barely know the language. The other thing I learned in terms of language whilst I was out there was, Désolé, je suis anglais. I'm sorry. I'm English. Or what's it? Sorry, I'm English. I think something like that, which came in handy. I said that to the taxi driver on the way back when he starts talking to me in French. It's like, and all that. I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. So I said, Désolé, je suis anglais. And he went, what terminal are you at? I was like, terminal two. Cheers. It's as easy as that. Do you know what I mean? Like you can just communicate. Easy as that. Fair play to some of the French, some of the German. They're learning English as they should, as they should. We shouldn't be learning French, German, Spanish in schools in this country. Get them to learn English. Easier. I mean, easier. Why has no one thought of this? Just get them to learn English. Why are we learning languages? Weird. Uh, but anyway, I made an effort. Désolé, je suis anglais and all that, um, which was, you know, they, they loved that, the Parisians. They loved it. Uh, so I was really using that a lot. Help build bonds, etc. Um, but I, I just think... The, the trip itself was great. You'll see it from the travel video if you watch it. It's 20 minutes of pure brilliance, is what the press are saying, I imagine. It's not going out yet, but I imagine that's what they're saying. And, uh, you know, I went round, do a few little touristy bits and that kind of thing. And it's just good to be in a new city. It's weird how you can turn up to a city like Paris and know nothing about it. I didn't know where anything was. Never been before. And after less than two days, I sort of know the rough outline of Paris. Because during that time... I walked 15 miles, 15, less than two days, 15 miles. I got a bus as well at some point because I couldn't be arsed walking back to the hotel after the disappointment of the Eiffel Tower. But, you know, I, I think it's a great way of just condensing a lot of information to a small space of time. You learn about a new city. Now I know what route to take if I want to go to the Louvre or the Eiffel Tower. These sorts of things. It's weird that you know that after less than two days. It's bizarre, but you do pick up information because you need to. You have to learn the information pretty quickly because it's survival. You know, if I want to go to the Louvre, I have to remember Google Maps in my mind and have an idea of the city layout and all these kind of things. It's really just good to be in a fresh environment. And I wanted to go somewhere nearby because, you know, it's not that far away. If I get shot, I can be flown back quite easily to England. You know, we're not that far away from, from where I live. So it's a nice sort of bridge to doing things further afield. You know, why not travel somewhere further abroad next time? I'm considering Rome as my next place. That's a little bit further than France. If you understand geography, you'll know that. Um, and I've always wanted to go to Italy. So why not, you know, merge the two things, solo travel, go to Italy. Makes sense, okay? So Rome's somewhere I'm thinking about. I don't know whether to do it in the next few weeks, whether to wait till next year. I don't want to go in winter, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do that. Like, it's still decent weather in Rome, so I'm tempted to go at some point soon, but also it's like another few hundred quid. I don't exactly have lots of money, so it's sort of like a, you know, a bit of a risky decision, perhaps. Uh, but then, you know, it's travel. It's travel, and traveling's important. It doesn't broaden the mind, but it's great for an experience. It's a great way of leaving your normal routines and just having a new dose of information, having new information thrown at you, flinging yourself into a new environment. It's healthy for the mind, I think. It sort of rejuvenates you. It, you, it makes you youth. It, make, it makes you youth. That's good English. 
let's learn English before I start learning other languages. It makes you feel a bit more youthful because you're having to adapt, having to learn so much. So I'd really recommend it if you do get the opportunity, if you can afford to do it, then absolutely go for it 100%. And also, despite only being away for two nights, it felt weird being back home as well, because even that just two nights there, it's just a nice little buffer, just get you out of your comfort zone a little bit, which it certainly does. You know, I, I never got a plane by myself before, so I had to think about that and had to learn how to, I mean, there's not really that, that much to learn, to be fair, you just go to the terminal, don't you? But even still, going through that process, now having done three flights in three days, I feel like an expert at it. I'm like, yeah, it's just another flight, do you know what I mean? Like, everyone's looking around, panicking, I'm at, I'm at the right gate, is this the right terminal? All this sort of stuff, and I'm just waltzing through, you know, security and all that. Yeah, strip search, we go for it, baby, come on, let's get it on. And it's just, it's one of those things where it builds confidence in that environment, out your comfort zone, in an environment which is unusual, it's foreign, quite literally to you, it's foreign. Uh, so I'd really encourage it, definitely do it if you can. It does feel a bit weird to be back home. You do have to think about, you know, basic things, bring your passport. The amount of people that go travelling get really hyped up, oh, going travelling, can't wait to go abroad, packing the bags, suitcases, sunglasses, hats, and they get to the airport and they forgot the passport. It's like, start with the basics, do you know what I mean? Forget the sort of Jet 2 music, or oh, we're on a holiday, do you know what I mean? Forget all that. Get your passport, get your sun cream, make sure it's all under 100 millilitres, all that. Do, do all the basics, okay? That's how you solo travel like a pro, which I am now. We've all established this. I'm now an expert at travelling, having been to Paris for two nights. Um, so, yeah, I'd definitely recommend that. Um, I'd recommend getting a flight with as few kids as possible. That would also be good. Or maybe, we, you know, I've, I've said we could put them in cages and throw them in the back of the plane. Maybe that's too cruel. Maybe that's, you know, harsh. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's inhumane. In which case, we can always tranquilise them. I think that's another option, like tranquilise them, give them a dodgy vaccine or something which maybe mutates into something far worse. Give them something just to sedate them a little bit. Like, what did the McCann's use? No, seriously, like, what I want to say is we need to make sure that kids are being taught properly by their parents how to behave in this environment. It's important, very important. Don't kick seats. Stop screaming. The worst bit, right, the worst bit of all this is when parents actively encourage their kids to get more worked up. It's, it's ridiculous. Like there's, there's one basic example of this, like when a child cuts themselves and you go, oh, we're going to have to amputate it, I think. Don't say that. Don't say that to a kid. You're working them up. But there's, there is other examples of that when it happens on a plane as well. Like there was one time on the, on the last flight back there's a family in front, two adults, one kid, and um, the kid starts, like, you know, get, getting crying or whatever, moaning a little bit, and uh, the, the parent goes, oh, I think we're dipping, I think we're going down, don't say that to the kid, you're working a bit more, like, and then the kid starts crying more, it's like, why are you saying that? I get that they're having a bit of fun, but the, the kid's too, it doesn't understand what fun is. It just knows screaming at that point. That's all it knows. So don't be joking about the plane going down. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just weird. Why are you doing that? You're making your job more difficult for yourselves, if anything. Stupid, stupid parents. You should have to pass an IQ test before you become a parent. I've always said that. But I think the actual flight itself, by the way, oh, the, the takeoff, fine, whatever. I'm not that fussed about flying in general, really. I, I know it's... It's a bit of a weird feeling. All right, yeah, whatever. What's the alternative? Never go abroad in your life? Like, what's the alternative? Offer me an alternative. Swim? 
Like, do you know what I mean? So I'm not that fussed. If I die, I die. The world goes on. Who cares? All right. So I'm not that fussed about flying. The landing, though, on that final flight, it was one of the most basic landings you can do. All right. We're going double into Leeds. Pretty simple. All right. I've never flown a plane, but it's it's simple. It's just a straight line, basically. Easy stuff. Put it in, in first. Wheels down. Land it. Job done. And yet the pilots decides let's let's just land on one wheel rather than two. Don't know why. We went in sort of like on the sides a little bit, like he sort of landed and we sort of bounced a bit and they're like, just land the thing, what are you messing about at? Like what pilot school did you go to? Probably the same ones as the ones that um did nine eleven. They failed, didn't they? They went to a flight school, they were useless, those lot. And yet they still managed to do those horrific attacks, didn't they? I guess. Maybe they didn't go to the same flight school, but my point is this. Why can you not just land a plane? Pretty simple. There was, there was no winds. There was no crosswinds and turbulence. It, it was a, a still day. Best flight conditions you can ever have. All right. And yet, bouncing off the tarmac there, like just, just land a plane properly. You know what I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, if that's your job, you know what I mean, it's like that. That'd be the equivalent of a, a school bus driver crashing into a wall on the way to work. Why? Why are you doing that? Why are you bouncing off a wall on your way to the work? You, you should be sacked for that, in my opinion. If you can't land a plane, you shouldn't be allowed to fly at all. End of story. Finished, you know. So I think that's a great point, as usual, from me. Um, so, yeah, just be wary of dodgy pilots. I think there's an interesting difference between different airliners in terms of the quality of your experience. I only I only fly with the cheaper airlines, obviously. I'm not, not made of money. Uh, I went with Jet 2. I think there's one called Vueling or something like that. I think it's a French company. It's continental Europe, I don't know. Vueling or something like that. And then I did Ryanair to finish off. I think Jet 2 is the best experience, to be honest. I think Jet 2 is the best one in terms of less delays, better quality seats, better in-flight feeling, vibe, that sort of thing. Then I think Vueling was a bit like you were sat on like a cardboard seat kind of thing. It was a bit weird. It's like they're gone, how can we make this as cheap as possible? Don't don't bother giving them a little cushion or anything. Don't even really give them a seatbelt, you know, put a bit of fabric around them, job done. So it was a little bit cheapskate. Same with Ryanair, it was a little bit too much for my liking. Like, you know, strip back the planes, make them cost efficient, but, you know, don't go too mental. I don't want to feel like I'm just literally sat on a seat, you know, inside some sort of empty metal chamber. It's a bit much. And some of them vary a lot with how much room you have as well in the seats. Jet 2 had more seat had more seat room, more leg room than the other two airliners. So I'd recommend that. Think about these things before you go through it, you know. Would definitely recommend just planning ahead, having a little bit of a plan. I didn't want to plan too much. All I did was bought tickets for the Louvre. That was it, really. So I knew I had that on a day. And you just sort of walk around. You know, I saw some absolutely mental people whilst I was there. People on rollerblades bikes, uh, unicycle. It was like people had watched a Casey Neistat video. Uh, it's like they watched too many of them. Do you know what I mean? They'd watched too many Casey Neistat videos. They'd gone, yeah, unicycle, hoverboard, bike, scooter, like anything to avoid being on the roads with other maniacs. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just ridiculous. There was so many different modes of transport. It was very bizarre. It was like being how I imagine New York City is, where people are just desperate to do anything other than be in a car on a road. So that was a bit unusual um there was people asking for money you know that kind of thing i can't be doing with that the whole clipboard thing i got given i got sort of offered the clipboard about five or six times i reckon when i was there it was multiple times on the same bridge multiple times around the eiffel tower 
it was pretty bad in a couple of places. Generally, on a day-to-day -day basis, it wasn't terrible, but on a, you know, around the main sort of Louvre and the Eiffel Tower, there's a few of them around selling stuff, trying to get you to give money to UNICEF. I'm like, who the hell are you asking for money for, for UNICEF? Can I see can I see your badge, officer? Can I see it? And I, you know, I made I made the point in my video, the printer that they'd printed off the piece of paper wasn't even a colour printer. It was black and white. You know, it's blatantly obvious you're trying to scam me. At least be a little bit clever about it. At least create a fake ID and, you know, do something illegal like that. So they hadn't even done that, hadn't thought that through. And then there was people selling mini Eiffel Towers around the Eiffel Tower. Now, they were selling for a euro. Fine, all right. But when you've got about 150 of them dangling off you, and they're all like blingy, like shiny, sort of sparkly things, they just look cheap. Like, no one's realistically going, oh, yeah, I want to buy that for a euro. That's built That's built well, isn't it? That's got a high-quality materials. That's environmentally friendly. That's vegan, isn't it? That one euro Eiffel Tower was like, you know, that big. Um, so that was weird. That's unusual. But I, I felt being around the Eiffel Tower, I felt like a bit of a perv. Do you know what I mean, I did. I felt like a bit of a perv because you've got lots of people in couples. Do you know what I mean, it's a romantic place. Everyone's sat around having a snog, taking a picture. Oh, we got married. Don't care. Don't care. Put your wedding dress away. Stop trying to make a scene, Jesus. So it's all that kind of thing. And I'm sat there by myself. Looking around, trying not to make too much eye contact so it doesn't look like I'm an actual pervert. Do you know what I mean? So I'm just sort of like trying to mind my own business, head down a little bit. You know, right? Yeah. And there's people selling like bottles of wine and, you know, champagne and stuff as well, which is, I respect the hustle. Do you know what I mean? Respect it. But you're also a pain in the ass. You can be both things at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Great hustle going on, but you are a pain in the ass. Fact. So respect them. But it's like this idea of like couples everywhere. It's one of those places where it's depressing. If you're not in a couple, don't go to the Eiffel Tower. It's depressing. It's just couples everywhere. It, was, it made me want to, oh, I would say that actually. But, you know, it, it wasn't a great environment to be in if you're single. Let's just put it that way. Do you know what I mean? Let's just say that. Let's leave it there before I go too far. But it did make me want to assassinate myself. Like, it, it did, no, it did. But aside from that, great environment. Eiffel Tower is overrated. I thought the grounds around it was just like rubble. I'm thinking, like, have they taken the grass? Has someone stolen the grass? Like, why is this just rubble around it? It was weird. Not like it was in the pictures. I was expecting nice gardens or whatever. There probably are nice gardens. I just didn't see them. But, yeah, there's a lot of rubble knocking about. I need to get rid of that. Clear it. And whilst we're doing that, just get rid of the couples. It's sort of annoying. And then you've got the young couples making TikToks and doing Instagram pictures. The amount of young guys having to film their girlfriends doing some like posy sort of you know up your own ass nonsense like this sort of hair flicking stuff of like twizzling your hair and all that like it was a l'oreal advert or something like trying to be really sort of cute and like oh look at me just in front of the eiffel tower and all this like the guys just film it like why am i in a relationship with this person honestly like it was just mental it was mental to see but it was just like the posiness of it. It wasn't as if they were sort of like posing with their arms out, like, oh, the Eiffel Tower, or thumbs up, or like pointing. Or anything. That I get, I get that. It's when you're doing like the sort of flicking of your hair, or like the sort of twizzling of your hair, or like messing around with it, trying to look cute and move around because like, you're doing a TikTok. Like, I, it's just, it annoys me. Like, how are, you, how are you people finding partners? Are you both as annoying as each other? Probably, probably. I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe the boyfriend will join in in a, in a second, put it on a timer. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
the whole thing just frustrates me. Um, so that, that annoys me as well. But that's sort of, you find a lot of tourists doing that in touristy areas. It's bound to happen. Um, and I was one of the tourists. I was one of the tourists filming themselves. So, you know, I'm sort of adding to the pollution of social media, of, of tourism, uh, which is, you know, annoying to me as it was to probably the locals. Imagine being a local in Paris. That, I, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do how you be a local in a in a Paris, maybe even in a London. To be honest, London's pretty tourist heavy, but Paris is like next level. Like that's all there is to do is be a tourist. Really, uh, you can obviously have a job and live if you really wanted to, but generally it's just like be a tourist, and that's what people are there to do: take some pictures, get on a tour bus, like a year-round tour bus. I can't imagine it. It's just weird to me. So. Yeah, being a local must be tough. I felt sorry for them having to deal with people like me, cameras everywhere, you know, being sort of a pain in the arse. Quite a lot of Americans as well, I noticed. Quite a lot of Americans. Bumped into a uh, guy from California who was outside the Arc de Triomphe. And he was uh, he was basically saying to me, yeah, where are you from? I said, Leeds. He said, oh, I've got, I've got friends in Halifax nearby. I was like, oh, brilliant, fantastic. Anyway, see you later. Um, so there were quite a lot of Americans. I don't know why. I, it always makes me laugh when Americans say, I'm going to Europe, man. You know, I'm going to Europe. As if they, they don't specify a country. As if, like, Europe is the country. Do you know what I mean? I find that bizarre. Um, rather than it being a continent, you know. Uh, so it, we do see a lot of Americans there. I met a Canadian guy, as I said. Um, but the whole experience was just a nice one. It was a nice, friendly environment. You know, didn't get mugged. And lots of people said going to Paris were like, oh, careful. If you're going to be cameras... Be careful, you might get mugged. I was never going to get mugged. I was, if you're going to mug somebody, you don't mug the weird-looking, the six-foot weird-looking ginger guy. You do not mug him. Because he. everyone knows this, or maybe people don't know this. People with my colour hair, we have more adrenaline than the usual than the usual human being, I guess. We have, we apparently, this is apparently a statistic. So you don't get in a fight with someone like me. You just don't. It's, it's bound to go badly for you. If you're going to mug anyone... You mug the child, you mug the five foot four woman. I mean, you don't mug me. So that was never going to happen. There was never, I wasn't really, didn't really see any signs of muggers either. Do you know what I mean? Like I looked around, there was no sort of people acting strange either. So it was quite a friendly environment, actually. I'd say it was more friendly and welcoming than the average UK city. Like there wasn't a lot of moments where I was like, oh, look away from that. Do you know what I mean? Or, oh, that's a bit of a shame. Like there's maybe some homelessness going on or something. There wasn't really a lot of that where I was like, oh, that's, you know, poverty and all that kind of thing. I'm not saying it doesn't exist in Paris. It obviously does. But I'm saying there was less of it than in a London or in an average UK city. I was quite surprised. I was expecting to find quite a lot of poverty, as you do in most big cities. But actually, the sort of well-trodden touristy routes that I went on, the 15 miles of walking that I did, I didn't really see it a lot at all. I saw a little bit when I was on the bus on the way back to a hotel room, a little bit, but... Even that, even still, that was just like a couple of people on, on a bench. Do you know what I mean? Like, they were homeless on a bench. So it wasn't a big thing. I was quite surprised by that. I was surprised by how clean it was. Okay, it's noisy. There's too many people, too many cars. I've said this in the video. But I was very surprised by how um, nice it was to just walk around, how safe it felt. I was quite surprised by that because it's a massive, massive city. Um, and I just expected it to be a little bit less like that. Uh, but it wasn't. It was a pleasant place to be in what I saw, the vicinity that I was in. Uh, so, yeah, massive props to Paris. Shout out to them.
But I also want to talk about other things this week as well, not just me travelling to Paris, banging on about that. Uh, I did also want to talk about, it's, you know, it's the Queen's funeral uh, the day this goes up. And, you know, I think it's really important that we take a moment to think about her and we'll move on. Well, no, no, I, I'm being serious. We will uh, take a moment to think about her, to talk about the funeral. Obviously, it's a bank holiday in the UK, um, so everything's closed. McDonald's has decided to close, which is fantastic. You know, thank you to Mackie's for really just being respectful on the Queen's funeral, and I think it's right that they closed. She loved a Big Mac as much as... No, she did. She loved a Big Mac as much as the next person, and so I think it's only right that they do that to honour her. JD, that's closing for the day. Uh, obviously, she loved new crepes. She loved them. So that's, again, a, a great thing to do to honour Her Majesty. Uh, Aldi's closing, um, which I'm pretty annoyed about because I usually shop on Monday. So I've had to push that back to a Tuesday, buy extra food for the Monday. But that's, no, I don't want to put myself first. I don't want to be selfish because it is Her Majesty's funeral. But you know, I'm just saying it's, it's inconvenienced me all the same. Um, but, you know, she did shop Aldi at the end of the day. So we do have to close that as well. Um, I think she did get a, I think she did get a fruit and veg from Waitrose though. But so, no, but what I'm saying is this, I think it's a great shame that she's passed. Um, I'm, you know, dreadfully sad about it. I've only just stopped crying actually from last week. And so I had to wipe away the tears before we started recording. Um, obviously Toby, again, being a bit disrespectful this week by not turning up. I appreciate he'll say, oh, I was in London, whatever. I don't want to hear it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, he's not turned up for the funeral. So, you know, again, he's sort of being disrespectful towards Her Majesty. Uh, whereas I've, again, dressed in black, still mourning the loss, etc. Um, whereas he's gallivanting around, meeting people, probably getting drunk. And it's like, you know, in a week of mourning, your behaviour like that seems a bit disrespectful. But that's... That's coming for the royalists. That's coming from me. So, you know, whatever. Maybe different people have different standards for what's deemed acceptable. But I think we should close everything down. I'd like to see schools closed down, hospitals closed down. I'd like to see uh, emergency um, services just stopped for the day. If you break your leg, who cares? If you have a fire, leave them to it. Get some water. Do you know what I mean? What do you think they did back in the day when cavemen had fires? And the hut started going up in flames or whatever. They didn't just start going, oh, let's get, get your phone out, 999. Oh, what's your emergency? Fire brigade, quick. No, they went to the pond, went to the lake, went to the river, the ocean, got a little bucket and started chucking it on the hut. You should do the same thing on Monday, okay? Don't start expecting people to come rescue you when you've been stabbed. Don't expect it, okay? Rightly so, we should cancel GP appointments, we should cancel emergency services. I think they're still going ahead, but they shouldn't be, is what I'm saying. They shouldn't be going ahead. Um, but I think there have been surgeries cancelled, GP appointments, and rightly so. I don't care if you've got bladder cancer. The Queen's died. Be Stop being so disrespectful and start praying for her. Don't think that's going to help now, but that's by the by. She's died, for God's sake. She's a 96-year-old woman. She's been a great servant for this country. Show some respect, is what I'd say to those people moaning. Jesus, stop moaning, for God's sake. Uh, so that's happening, the Queen's funeral, and obviously I'll be tuning in all day, um, every day, naturally. I think it should really go on longer, personally. I don't think they've 
dragged it out long enough. Uh, I think it should really go on for another couple of weeks. But again, that's personal preference. Um, we all have different tastes. I, I appreciate that. Um, but no, I, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's very sad. I think it's right that we close down Burger King and all of the fast food chains so that we can really get everyone sat in front of TV screens and, and really sort of being social, being communal by staring at a screen for the day to watch live coverage. So I think that's really good. I think it's really important, really healthy. Close parks, probably close gyms, I think would be the right thing to do. Um, you don't want people jogging on, do you know what I mean? Not on the Queen's funeral, it's disrespectful. Uh, lifting weights, no, 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 no lifting weights, please. Um, so yeah, I think it's right what they're doing. I'm completely back it. I think it's fantastic and it's good to see. Obviously there's been lots of people queuing up to go see um, the Queen lion state is that what they call it or something it's her in a coffin basically let's just call it that it's her in a coffin she's been dead over a week now and people are queuing up to see supposedly her body in a coffin we don't actually know that we're told that that's what it is it might just be a coffin i don't know don't know what's happened is she has she been cremated i don't know i've not really tuned in so lots of people have been queuing up david beckham's queued up for 12 hours yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. They snuck around the back. No, he, he queued up for 12 hours through the night. Um, and, you know, credit to him. Give him a knighthood is what I'd say. Give him a knighthood um, because he has queued. I know, no, I know everyone else has queued, but he has queued. And he's David Beckham. This is David Beckham we're talking about here. And he's got what? Got in a, in a queue of people, of normal people. No. Really? That's, that really is something that warrants a knighthood. Give him all the accolades at this point because he's got in a queue and he has stood there. I know everyone else is in a queue. I don't care about normal people. Forget about him. Forget him. He's a celebrity. He is better than most people, let's face it. Okay, He's better than your average person. And yet he's got in a queue for 12 hours. I don't care if anyone else did. He has. What, the professional footballer that's sort of fit and healthy, athletic, etc. He's got in a queue and stood for 12 hours. Surely not. <sighs> what, his packed sandwiches and everything? Oh, my God. What's a bloody legend. I don't care about Doris. Don't care about Doris. She's 85. Don't care. Don't care. Don't care she's in the queue as well. David Beckham, eh? What's she ever done? Oh, I fought in a war. You didn't fight in a war. You're 85, for God's sake. <sighs> so, um, yeah, that's just a conversation I was having myself there. But no, David Beckham, absolute legend. What a bloody legend he is. Oh, and he looks good as well, didn't he? Which is more important than him standing in a queue, in my opinion. Looks are everything. They are. No, it, it's a halo effect. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've got to have good looks. And therefore, you're just a, a fantastic human being that, you know, you're impenetrable in terms of bad stuff. You, you know, you cannot be penetrated in that sense. And I completely agree. David Beckham, what a bloke. Top guy. Um, standing in a queue. Lovely stuff. Give him a knighthood. He's, he's, he's really sort of, you know, he's really mucked in, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? That's the British spirit, is that. We'll fight him on the beaches. We will, we will queue to see the Queen. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's really up there. It's really heroic stuff. And I, I credit him for it. He looks great. He looks fantastic in the Peaky Blinders outfit. I don't know whether the fancy dress thing was necessary. Don't, you know, don't dress up as a Peaky Blinder. It's a bit inappropriate, I'd say. But, again, each to their own. You know, if I turned up there dressed as Ali G, people call that disrespectful. Whereas he dresses up as a Peaky Blinder and everyone goes, oh, he looks great, doesn't he? I'm like, what? Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's annoying how different standards, do you know what I mean, based on how good looking you are, if you're a celebrity, that kind of thing. 
it's annoying. It is annoying. But again, what do I know? Yeah, you know I mean, it's uh, I can't be bothered to go down to London. So I'm I'm commemorating her from home. Do you know what I mean, it's it's better for the environment. So that's why I've stayed at home because traveling and you know it's not good, is it, for the old greenhouse gases and all that. Um, so, you know, I'm not asking for knighthood on that basis, but I probably should get one. But that, again, that's, that's a different topic entirely. Uh, I think credit to David. He's done a fine job. Um, you know, he looks he looks great even after 12 hours of standing in a queue. Uh, he looks fantastic. Um, probably smelt nice, I imagine, which is important when you're going to bow your head to the Queen for three seconds. It's really important. Uh, so I, I just credit him. What I do want to do is just slag off Holly and Phil for a bit. Because they are, I think they're actually evil. And I just think, like, I'm so outraged. that I'm just, like, I'm gone a bit mental with outrage. Because I'm, like, my blood pressure's through the roof at thinking about it. Because it's all, my life is all encompassing. It's all about the royal family for the next ten days, okay? So when somebody skips the queue, I'm going to get a little bit irritated, okay? That's natural, all right? That is natural that when Holly and Phil, what, what have they done? They're no David Beckham, are they? They've, you know, been on this morning. Do you know what I mean? Like, so some woman that married a ghost. You know, do you know what I mean? We're not letting her at the front of the queue, are we? How dare they? And I just think, I just think it's horrific. I think the first act of King, King Charles should be to, you know, summon them, first of all, and then decide if they should get the old chop. I think that's, that's the first job of King Charles. It's to decide, should we? chop the heads up. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. I'm not advocating that. That would be wrong, obviously. Uh, that's obvious. We shouldn't do that. Start with the hands. No, don't don't start with the hands. That would be torture as well. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, I think it's so outrageous that VIP treatment is being given. I appreciate the government does this when it comes to contracts, blah, 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 PPE contracts, whatever, but VIP lanes for Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. If it was David Beckham, I could understand, you know, at least he's got the sort of, like, you know, the status around him. Do you know what I mean? At least he's played for England. Has Phil and Holly ever played for England? I don't think so. So the fact that they're being pushed to the front of the queue at the expense of, you know, 84-year-old Hilda, who I imagine was probably in the queue, is shocking, really. And I'm outraged by it. I've not... I've not thought about anything else, actually, since the news broke. I've barely slept over the news because I am outraged and I will tell Twitter and I will tweet and tweet and tweet as if it's going to change something and I will just constantly tweet with anger and my blood pressure will soar because I'm outraged. And that's a great place to be in life, you know. Think of all the philosophers over the years. They all talk about spend your life on Twitter being outraged. You know, it's, it's one of the big takeaways from life. From people on the deathbeds, they always say, oh, I wish I'd spent more time getting outraged on Twitter. I mean, they, that's what they do. That's what they say on the deathbed. Oh, I have regrets over how often I tweeted. I wish I'd tweeted more. Do you know what I mean? They're all, they all say it. It's a common theme. And so I just think get outraged at this, at this really minor thing that has no no interference in your life whatsoever get outraged at it because that's really healthy it's a really healthy thing for you the only people who should be annoyed by that genuinely right all jokes aside are people that are in the queue i mean that's just if someone's jumped in at the queue you know it's annoying when anyone does it do you know what i mean but when a celebrity's doing it, it's a little bit more annoying understandable if you're at home and you've not made the trip down to london anyway who cares? Get a grip, all right? You're obviously not that arsed about it because you've not made the trip down to London. 
So stop spouting on Twitter. All right, who cares? Um, this idea, you know, yes, celebrities shouldn't be getting better treatment than other people, but we're talking about the royal family here, aren't we? Like, that's literally the definition of the royal family, special treatment over normal people. Like, it's just completely backwards, the whole thing. But anyway, that's... I'm getting a bit too serious there. You had 15 seconds of serious serious chatter. That's all you get into this podcast. Um, but that's, by the by, the Queen's funeral is a beautiful moment for us to come together as a country. And I'll be singing hymns on Monday for the Queen, just in private, in the shower, whatever, to myself in her honour because she has done a lot for me you know when I needed to buy something at a supermarket at a shop she was always there for me she was there on every pound coin on every note on every stamp that I bought she was always there for me and that's why she deserves to be commemorated and that's what I will do uh, is commemorate her on her day of the funeral which is the 19th, which will be a date that will go down in history, will go down in my memory, I think, for a very long time, and rightly so. Uh, I was going to finish this podcast with a prayer, but I, I just think I've said enough. I've said all that needs to be said, do you know what I mean? So thank you all so much for watching. Thank you all so much for listening. Toby might be back next week if I let him, if he's booked up his ideas, if he's going to dress respectfully next week, uh, if he's not going to you know, see friends and all this. What, you've got southerner friends? What? What sort of northerner has friends from the south? It's just, oh, baffling to me anyway. If I do let him come back, then uh, he may well be back next week. Uh, thank you all so much for watching and listening. Please hit the like button, subscribe, uh, and, you know, do all that good stuff. I'll see you next week and that. Cheers.